0: and welcome to blizzard watch podcast about blizzard entertainment and all of its games it has so many i'm ann stickney i'm hosting again this week because why not also with me my co-host matt rossi hey rossi how's it going how's it going all right i've been waiting to tell this one for a bit when you say you're waiting to tell a story i know it's going to be a good story so yes go go do it I don't know how
1: good it is but <laughs> last this week i was having kind of a day you know feeling kind of not great about myself and my life and so forth. And I log on to Twitter and I see a tweet from Moorguard, uh Steve Danuser, um, in which he's like, yeah, I got Ash Condy today and I thought of Matthew W. Rossi. And when I say I thought of Matthew W. Rossi, I, I, what I mean is that I hope this torments him in some way. When when one of the big shots at a game you've been playing for over, I guess, how long has it been now? Four, 15 years? How long have I been playing this game? It um, came out
0: in 2004. we well, fifteen years. 2019. Yeah. So I've
1: been playing this game for 15 years, and one of the big shots, one of the head narrative designers of this game goes out of his way to try and torture me (laughs) on Twitter. I I feel kind of warm inside, like, you know, I've I've made a difference in this crazy world. Uh, But I had to point out to Steve via Twitter that I still don't have my shoulders from Ordos, and that's all the torment he's ever going to need. I have three Ashkandis. I don't care if he gets an Ashkandi. I've got Ashkandi on alts, but I don't have my shoulders on alts.
0: Look, the more Ashkandis don't... in the world, the better. Yeah, that's that's
1: great. I hope everybody gets an Ashkandi. I hope rogues get Ashkandi at some point. And they get to use it with like, I know it would look ridiculous, but who cares? I don't care. My point is I still I don't have my I believe I have the
0: model in my wardrobe, even though I don't have a plate person that can wield it right now.
1: Yeah, it's just, I don't have my shoulders, Steve. That's all the torture you're ever going to need that's the you're just getting greedy at this point that, that's all i gotta say on this one you, you, you've already gotten me you've already ruining my life every time these things don't drop you don't have to work hard on this so yeah that that happened this week and i've wanted to mention it on the show ever since because in a weird sort of way it's like bragging but yeah. you know, there you go so yeah that, that's
2: steve denuser noticed me and he wants to torture me senpai, <laughs> senpai wants to ruin my life good job yeah <laughs>
1: so yeah, okay
2: <laughs> as far as i'm concerned I, I have what have you been doing
0: in warcraft have you been doing anything in warcraft lately are you sticking to diablo or avoiding the games we... for a while
1: no i've been playing like when my wife wants to do stuff like emissaries and so forth i go on and do them with her uh diablo i haven't played much because i've been waiting to get my season character and really make a blitz for it i just haven't Like, you know, it's been stuff like going to the doctor a lot or just not feeling very well. So I haven't done that yet. It's mostly been World of Warcraft or, again, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, I could talk about that game, but this is not a show where we talk about those games. This is Blizzard
0: Watch. (laughs) It's not Assassin's
1: Creed Odyssey Watch. I will say, though, one of the weird things that's been happening in gaming, it feels like game companies are switching roles. Like, and it's one of those weird things where I'm watching it happen and I'm like, do do companies, like, because because Ubisoft hired Mike Laidlaw.
0: Yeah, I saw and that.
1: That's a huge thing. That's that's seismic. Explain
0: who Mike Laidlaw is for people who don't know. Oh my god. Know. Mike Laidlaw,
1: well, for one thing, he helped make Dragon Age. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the big names in role-playing game design. If you've played a role-playing game, especially a BioWare role-playing game, you've probably done you played some of Mike Laidlaw's work. Him going over to Ubisoft at this moment in time It's very, it's very odd. It's just, it's, it's like completely changing around the gaming thing. I I really do feel like we need to see like what companies are going to do. What are the new games coming out? Um, And Blizzard in particular, especially with stuff that's been going on the past couple of, of months. Like we talked about the, the, the layoff stuff last week, and we talked about their earnings call where they're talking about putting out more games faster. We need to see what those games are because it does feel like gaming companies are almost switching hats. So that's something I've been paying attention to as I've been playing the games I've been playing. But I'm still playing WoW. I I mean, I'm in WoW right now. I'm
0: still patiently waiting for the uh, renaissance of the single-player RPG to, like, make a really huge, big old comeback because it hasn't been, like... It it hasn't been, well, it hasn't been major, major in recent years. But, yeah, with Assassin's Creed Odyssey and with some of the other games that are coming out, it's kind of, like, surging on the uptick again. But... Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for another Dragon Age, or yeah, well, we, another we, Mass Effect, or another Skyrim, or another something where it's like mm, I can really see myself out from into Obsidian. this thing. Yeah,
1: there's Which one, one is coming that? out from Obsidian. Uh, I want to say you know the the World of Tomorrow, but I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But mm. it's coming out soon, and it's basically it's the team that made Fallout New Vegas. They're oh. making a brand new single player RPG. Uh, it's set in like you know it's like set in the future. In space, but it's kind of like it sort of reminds me a little bit of Bioshock in that it's sort of retro at the same time. It's like Liquid R in the the chat channel
0: says the outer worlds.
1: The outer worlds, that's it. Yeah. Okay. All right. And that's looking that's looking like a really promising single player RPG. Going
0: Um, back to Blizzard though, this is still one of those. This is still one of those genres that they haven't really tapped into just yet, and I feel like they should. I feel like they've got the kind of writing team that could pull off a single player RPG. That would be absolutely phenomenal if they do it. And, and I know maybe that's not the route that they want to take or whatever. I just want to see them tackle one, just one, just tackle it, see what happens. Play with With it. With
1: companies, with companies coming out with games that are not in their wheelhouse, like they have been, it does feel like it's time for Blizzard to give that one a shot. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, as for World of Warcraft right now, I'm actually really interested in story stuff that's coming up. So but we can't talk oh, about that right in a boy. second, but I yeah. am interested.
0: In, uh, the things that are like coming in 8.15. For, yeah. yeah, the things that are coming in 8.1.5 are pretty significant. That's all I'm going to say about that for right now. But yeah, we should probably talk about the top stories for the week. There's not a ton on here exactly, but um, Burning Crusade Time Walking is out this week. If you guys are interested in going in and doing some time walking uh with the burning crusade time walking i believe that also means that the black temple time walking yes, is active Yes. Black too. temple
1: time walking raid is out. You can mm-hmm. do that right now.
0: So if you um, feel if like you... beating your head against illidan stormrage for a while go sign up. If Make you don't
1: have if you don't have the transmog on your demon hunter, the warglaives transmog, you can get it. It's still available yes. to get via, via time walking. So that's something to keep in mind uh you'll, you'll notice standing next to me he's not using the war glaves. he's got new glaives that are like shooting green fire at the side so you could actually be a death knight standing i mean a demon hunter standing next to it using his war glaves, and be like uh you want these no no i got them that's cool i'll, I'll hold on to them it's fine
0: my rogue he has dead. them but you yeah. know the real ones
1: <laughs> yeah i have occasionally like i still sometimes go on my my original warrior and break those things out and just go to the uh
0: they're very where, nice. Where's the, there's an actual dungeon. Really nice.
1: Where's the dungeon where he, you, yeah. Oh God, I can't remember the name of the dungeon. It's the, one the with
0: Caverns of Time. It's the Caverns yeah. of Time, the one where you go back Well of Eternity.
1: Yes, if you go back there and talk to Eladon, he's like, those weapons you wield. You don't even have power. to talk to
0: him as long as you've got him out while you're running through the dungeon. He makes a little aside about the weapons that you're carrying, and it's really funny. <laughs> Like funny in a, oh, he said the thing kind of way, where he, he noticed that, yes, you are carrying the war and he thinks they're pretty great. I can anyway, get me some
1: of those, yeah.
0: Um. The other thing that's going on right now Blizzard released the official video for the Coltiran and Zandalari allied races in 8.15.5, which is great and everything. If you want, like, some highlights. Of what they look like and what that's all about—that's fantastic. What I find more interesting is uh, Wowhead da- Data the music for both of those scenarios. So there's a soundtrack associated with the Zandalari unlock, and there's also one associated with the Coltyrus unlock, and they're both really, really, really good. I can't stress one is how, good. I can't stress how much I love the music. This expansion, like they—they they knocked it out of the park. Um, music
1: music, and voice acting in this expansion has been sublime. It's been some of the best they've ever done. Uh, they've done cool things with cinematics as well, but I think just the music and voice acting has been really, really good. I think a long time ago, there were some complaints about the Gilnean accents. People complained that the Gilnean accents felt stagey or didn't sound like real English accents, and they went and got actual English people and straight up had them do the voices, and it really shows. The music for those two scenarios you pointed out I think the Kul one's pretty haunting, but the the Zandalari one is surprisingly good. Like, I was not expecting to like it, and I do. It's really good.
0: It's just really beautiful. Both of them are really beautiful. So if you happen to, like, be in the frame where you're all set up and you're going to unlock either the Kul or the Zandalari in 8.1.5 when it comes out, just a side note, make sure that your music volume is turned up and listen to the in-game music because it's totally worth it. Um, They've got... I mean the tracks that they have done for this are pretty much individualized for those particular scenarios and it's just it's beautiful music it's absolutely beautiful music it's the kind of stuff that I would play in the background while I was writing and I have done that before anyway moving on we still don't know we don't have a release date for 8.1.5 it's just kind of a preview video unfortunately um, however other stuff to note Overwatch League season one kicked off last week. Did you watch any of that?
1: No, I I didn't get a chance to watch any of it. I usually don't start watching until later in the season anyway.
0: Boy, howdy did I watch it, but yeah, the first matchup was between the Philadelphia Fusion and the London Spitfire. Obviously they played against each other in the Grand Finals and London Spitfire won. Fusion lost, and it was kind of I don't want to say that it was kind of a downer. It wasn't a downer exactly, but the match wasn't quite as heated between the two as I would expect from a grand finals. However, the Fusion and the Spitfire played off in the very first game of season two, and Fusion came back. They came back, and they actually won three maps to one and took it from London. Not only that, but they also played against... Well, I mean, the other thing that they played against was they played against the Atlanta Rain, which is like one of the brand new teams. Yeah. Are you familiar with the new teams?
1: I, I know them in that we've written articles about them, but I haven't actually seen any of them play or anything yet. Oh, OK. Like, I, well, I know they, that they exist and so forth.
0: <laughs> they beat Atlanta. They did beat Atlanta, which kind of I was like, oh, I kind of wanted to make it map. But the thing is, is like they took it to a game five. Um, So Atlanta put up like a really good fight. The other really surprising team that I want to talk about, just very briefly, the Spark. People were expecting the Spark to go- do good things, and the Spark have done some amazing things so far. They are 2-0 and already, and they... Their first opponents were against the Shanghai Dragons. And unfortunately, like I said, I love the Dragons and I'm consistently rooting for them. And that has not changed. But the Dragons still don't have a win under their belt after the first week. Um, They played against the Spark. The Spark won against the Dragons. It was a 3-1, though. So the Dragons did take one of the maps, which was okay. Um, And then they also played against the Valiant. And surprisingly enough... That went to five maps, and then the Spark took it from the Valiant, which I thought was... I was kind of blown away by that. So, yeah, the Spark... The Spark are showing some real promise already and I'm kind of excited to see what they're going to do. Everybody else I mean everybody else was okay. Nobody had any like really disappointing there wasn't any you know disappointing womp womp anybody fell on their face. There was some really crazy moves that were pulled off. I believe Overwatch Twitter this morning posted um, basically it was like five highlight plays from the first week. You should go watch that if you're a fan of Overwatch League because there's
2: some really amazing stuff that they threw together in there.
0: Um and i'm really excited about it. The other thing to note with as far as Overwatch is concerned this week, the Paris map went live, so you can actually play with Paris right now on in Overwatch if you want to. Um and that one, that's a new assault map. It's doesn't have a whole lot of lore associated with it necessarily, but there are some super gorgeous locations in there and there's also it's, it's there's a piano in there. You can play the piano. There's an omnic singer in there named Luna who, like, sings throughout the whole thing. It's just a really beautiful map to play through. Um, keep in mind that you won't see that map in Overwatch League for a while now. Um, they don't typically do... They don't do build changes through the season they do it in between stages so the soonest we would see Paris in Overwatch League at all I think is probably going to be stage 2 and not stage 1 um, in theory I, I I think that's how they're still running it that's how they ran it last year we didn't, we didn't get builds like immediately the
1: piano thing though people have been going nuts for that piano <laughs> didn't somebody even like write a program so they could like play the piano with an actual piano keyboard yes I seem to recall that. So yes. yeah, people, people have been really excited about the piano. It's the it's the basketball hoop of the, new, of the new map, and people are really excited for it, which I, you know, Overwatch is always full of little details like that.
0: I don't necessarily get it, but it's still kind of cool. Um, the other thing is that obviously with the release of the new map, people are already speculating about what the next hero is going to be. Um, I don't know. Well, isn't the speculation honestly... kind
1: of... The speculation is also fueled by the fact that it's Hero number 30.
0: It's Hero number and that's 30. A big deal people. Yeah, it's Hero number 30. Everybody's really excited about it and they're wondering, you know, they're looking for teasers and that kind of things. But, like, I don't think that we've had anything really big released as of yet. Um, in Paris, Paris is a beautiful map, but I don't think that there's any like huge clues there that are pointing to, Hey, this is going to be a new hero or anything like that. So I'm not sure when that's going to come, but usually, I mean, their hero releases are pretty staggered out and it's been a while since we've gotten one. So I'm kind of hoping that we see another one sometime soon here. I don't know who it's going to be. I know it's not going to be, um, oh my gosh, I forget her name now. The one from the Ash Short. Yeah, the one from the Ash Short. And they don't say her name in the actual video. And I forget, like I said, I forget what her name is. And I keep wanting to say Luna. And I'm like, no, it's not Luna. Luna is the singer in the Paris map. This is a different character altogether. But yeah, it's not going to be her. Although they are looking at her as a potential hero at some point, maybe. But um, yeah, I just, I want to see a new hero. I want to see some more lore stuff. They've been pretty good about feeding us Echo. Thank you. Epic Lurker in the chat channel said Echo. (laughs) That is it. Yeah, it's not going to be Echo. That's not going to be hero number 30 unless plans have changed. But I I believe that uh, Kaplan said that they weren't going to make her a hero immediately, although they were looking at the possibility of bringing her in as one. But yeah, I don't know. So yeah, hero number 30. Haven't heard anything yet. Everybody is speculating. Maybe we'll hear something eventually. My theory um, is still
1: that it's Gerard. You
0: think? No, no, Gerard's I don't.
1: Gone. I don't think it's Gerard. But I would, I would laugh so hard if it turned out that he didn't die, and he's been held this whole time, and oh, now he's geez. coming back, and he's scarred up and really angry. And then we find out that he was. There's more to his and Widowmaker's relationship than we've been led to believe. And maybe she wasn't entirely brainwashed, but instead was just, you know, she had reasons for what she did. And we know that she visits his grave and leaves flowers. so There's still an emotional connection there, even though she denies it. So it would be interesting. I do not think it's going to happen, guys. Um, Do not. If it happens, great. I mean, I'd be interested in seeing it, but I don't expect it. I think the next hero will probably be something else entirely. The only reason I hinted Gerard is because it's in Paris. So it kind of makes sense for both Widowmaker and Gerard for it to be related to his release.
0: I guess but it's not I just it would be it would be how many heroes now have we had where it was like, oh, yeah, they died, but they didn't really. So it would be like another yet another one to tack onto the list. You know what I mean? Well, there's only been um,
1: two that. No, died, there's
0: Reyes, Ana, really 76. yeah
1: But Reyes and, and 76 since they were they were day one releases didn't really have that feel. Anna I give it to you. But both Reyes and and seventy six, yeah, sure. Everyone thought they were dead, except that from the moment we see them, they're out doing stuff. You know what I mean? I'm just
0: saying that if Gerard shows up again, it's going to reinforce
2: this idea that I have, where it's like somewhere in that original OG Overwatch contract, it says if you die, you're not really dead. <laughs> well, Mercy keeps. But saying you have it. to pretend that you're dead.
0: <laughs> Heroes Mercy never keeps... die.
2: <gasps> yeah. Conspiracy. <laughs> It's a conspiracy thing. This is the global conspiracy. The original run of Overwatch has been genetically enhanced none of them can die, ever. This
1: is the hero. This is the future liberals want.
2: Why <laughs> <laughs> Overwatch can't die. Oh, God. Here's the deal. We're going to make you into a superhero team so that you could save the world from the Omnic Crisis. The trade-off is you're immortal because just in case they come back. That's why. I, you know stranger things have happened in that game but yeah, yeah maybe true. this is I, more I, I of a lore watch thing than a i don't expect it
1: to happen it's just one of those things i like to say from time to time just in case
2: <laughs> the other thing to make note of there's one more little newsy thing we should make note of Wintergrass, but it's coming back as an epic battleground and uh there's actually a battle for the blue or battle with the blues that's coming up is that has it been that actually
0: already? happened i think it Did happened
1: it? yesterday okay as we're recording is... this it happened yesterday
0: yeah, it is in testing right now, though. It's going to be added to the epic battleground rotation. I think that's actually pretty cool because it's been a while since I've seen anything done with Wintergrasp. Actually, the last time I had any experience with Wintergrasp was when I was going in to try and farm for the Mammoth Mount off of the bosses in there, and you had to win the BG to like open the way to get in there, only it was all phased out weird and it wasn't working correctly. I like the fact that they're adding it to the epic, epic battleground rotation, because changing it from the open world thing that it was in Wrath of the Lich King to something that you can queue up for, in my mind, that just, it seems like a good idea. You know what I mean? The well,
1: last time I did Wintergrass was actually when I was trying to farm for an appearance for the set of armor. Oh, really? And it gave me more shots. Yeah, because the bosses all dropped both PvP and PvE gear. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it was an, another shot at various pieces of gear. So I would go and I'd go flip wintergrass, which isn't that hard by yourself anymore because there's nobody doing anything and you can you can utterly destroy most things you come across. Any of the NPC stuff you can just annihilate. Um, so yeah, I'd, I would try and flip it over and go in. And one time I had like a horde character show up with the same thing and to stop me basically, I don't know what he was doing, but we ended up like running up and down throughout wintergrass trying to murder each other for like the better part of a half hour. So. I think I can say pretty safely that it's a decent battleground. Like it'll, it'll make a good battleground. It's designed well for the purpose. Did you um, do
0: Wintergrasp like during when it was Wrath Lilo, yeah. all yeah. the time? Yeah, because that was one of my favorite parts of Wrath was Winter Grasp. And I, I hated
1: Wintergrasp at the time. Um, I, I'll be up.
0: I that. loved it because I, I just I loved the fact that we were whenever it Horde. was whenever it was active people would pipe up in general chat and go hey it's live it's live it's live everybody cute and there was always a big group of people that were waiting for the the switch to flip so that they could queue up and go into it and actually like fight in it and there was always a really big crowd of people in there and it was just a really good time and I yes I played horde but I also played alliance and I played winter Grasp on both sides it was fun either way
1: <laughs> See, I don't know if it was just my server, but it was really, unless my guild went in as a group, and which we did to flip it, so we could get the uh the you know the raid bosses. It was often a real painful experience for us doing it. So, but then again, we did do it a lot as a guild. Um, but I think part of the problem I had with it was I was a prot warrior at the time, so prot warriors in PVP in Wrath weren't fun.
0: I I was going to say in Wrath, probably not so much. Yeah. Not
1: fun. Although it was, I did have the experience of watching a paladin, a a blood, a blood elf paladin, just utterly frustrate a group of eight rogues. (laughs) They just could not kill this guy. It was driving them crazy. I was watching them chase him around, and he just... He'd Blood bubble. Elf Paladin?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. He'd, yeah. he'd bubble. There was a mage trying to help him. He'd silence that guy. He just... It was like watching him go, and it was Paladins like... Paladins these...
0: were a pain. Yeah. They were painful. So painful. Until we got uber-geared in Ice Crown Citadel, and, and then they were slightly more dent-worthy, but only just... Yeah. I liked Paladins better in Vanilla when I could just romp my shadow priest through warsong gulch and mana burn the thing mana burn them you yeah, get rid of all it, of
2: their mana get rid of all of their mana so they can't do anything and they just stand there and it's like all they could do now is slash dance because that's <laughs> that's it they could maybe try watching, and hit you with the uh, hammer but that's it
1: <laughs> i think the the weirdest pvp battle i ever saw was in was in burning crusade actually between a resto druid and a holy paladin As they effectively hit each other and healed each other to full, like, you know, they were healing themselves to full and very doing very little damage to each other. And it went on forever. Like, the two of them were just fighting off in a corner the whole time. It was like, I think it was outside Zul'Aman. Yeah, it was. It was outside Zul'Aman because it was my guild's Resto Druid versus a Horde Holy Paladin and like his guild showed up but they didn't help him and our my guild was standing there but we didn't help him we just watched we're like is this ever going to end Like, well the raid's in an hour so I hope when so, I was yeah. in
0: vanilla there were two resto druids that dueled each other outside of Orgamar on a regular basis the longest duel that they had went on for I think it was like an hour and a half or something it was ridiculous
2: because <laughs> they couldn't kill each other they just couldn't nope. do it. There was no it. way to do it. Oh, But it was fun to watch. People were just kind of watching and making bets and going, okay, who's going to win? I don't know. And then they get bored and leave before it ended. But, yeah.
1: But yeah, Wintergrass, because it had it was designed well, I think it will make a good battleground. I think it will yeah. be interesting to see it
2: as a battleground. I, I'm, looking I'm forward- hoping
1: that they then go forward and do that with other stuff, like uh, uh, Tolberod. Yeah. Tolbarad would make a really nice battleground. And I'm hoping when they do update this, they update, like maybe they'll do something cool like time walking for the, you know, the Wintergrass raid or something. Make, it, make something cool you could do with it. That would be nice.
0: Ooh, I didn't even think about that. They could do time walking with the Wintergrass. Yeah, because Wintergrass and then Tolberad too, they both had raids in them and it was like whoever controlled the battleground got to do the raid or whatever. That would be cool. I don't think that they're planning on doing any implementation as far as that goes. But I really I like the fact. Though. Yeah, I really like the fact that they're bringing wintergrass back, though, because that was for me. That was a really big part of Wrath, and and it was back when I was still doing PvP fairly regularly, and I just, I I really loved Wintergrasp. I don't know, it was something about the combination of the vehicles and smacking down walls and things and that kind of assault, and then just being with a big mob of people that were, you know, bum-rushing all over the map. It was great. I really liked it. Anyway, we should probably get to emails, because we do like to do those things. So, emails... If you have an email for the show, you can send that to uh, podcast at com. Just be sure you put Blizzard Watch in the subject line so we know it's intended for the show. We take questions on any of Blizzard's games, any of them, really. So feel free to send us whatever you happen to have, um, and we will go ahead and answer that for you. Speaking of which, we have a really, it's a really lengthy email that carried over from last week. And I don't think we're going to go through the whole lengthy email, but... I think that we're going to go ahead and address the last little section here just because it's kind of interesting to me. Um, and this is from daddy.
2: <laughs> this is from daddy. Who's a light bringer, torn warrior. <laughs> Hi, daddy. <laughs> nice to hear from you again. Uh, the show
1: he- Been here a few times now.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, we're going to go ahead and address like the last little bit of their thing because I, I feel like you have things you want to say about this anyway. Uh, Daddy says, I just finished the Maghar intro and it was awesome. It made me want to visit warlords revisit warlords of Draenor and we all know that's hard to say. But I was interested in your thoughts about all the story beats brought up. Sylvanas states at the start that the portal to alternate Draenor was closed. So I guess this is why they never came to help during Legion. Did I miss this stated earlier somewhere else? Urel went Crazy, and I know a lot of people didn't like this story choice, but I can honestly see it too. Without Velen to guide her, plus youthful ambition and Drenai culture plus history, I can understand why she went like crazy. I really think that she would make a great arch-villain or fallen hero to be turned back to good like Garrosh should have been later down the line. Finally, all the blink you miss at story beats such as about Duritan getting killed by Ural's forces, Grom's son, who I'm understanding is not Garrosh at this point, and the casually implied leader of the Maghar on Azeroth being Thrall's sister. Wow. So, I guess, really, what we want to talk about here is the portal to Alt Draenor being closed and all of the, you know, the surrounding stuff that came out of that particular intro. If you haven't done the intro for the Maghar or unlock the Maghar as an allied race, you should go do that because it's actually pretty cool. There's a lot of stuff going on in there. Even if you don't plan to ever play a Maghar, there's lore in there. What do you think?
1: Uh, Well, first up for the closing of the portal, I believe we see the closing of the portal because we see um, it gets destroyed. First up, that's the start of the campaign. The portal gets destroyed when you when you first go into Warlords. Uh, you shoot the big you know bomb thing that destroys the portal, and then Goldon uses a right to create a new portal for um, Archimon to step through on the site where the portal had been, and we close that. That's the whole thing of that fight. When you when you do it on Mythic in particular. We close that and then the last thing Archimon does is send Goldon through, you know, the the twisting nether to our Azeroth. Um so I yeah, I wasn't surprised about that because that's something we see happen. The portal was destroyed, it was kept, you know. The only reason we could go back and forth was but basically game convenience. I mean they didn't want to do an entire expansion where you couldn't leave Draenor. Uh
0: it's just kind which... of funny to me sometimes that they said oh, you know, the portal to alternate Draenor was closed. Meanwhile, we have portals that are open to alternate... Like, you can go through the port... You can use your Hearthstone to get back to your garrison. Like, there's still portals yeah. in Ashran. It's not... But that's all game stuff. That's not yeah. necessarily...
1: you know. That's so, not apparently, the there is event. a
0: divide. There's a divide there between the game mechanic part of it. Obviously, you can go back now, because if you want to go back and you want to farm other content, okay, that's fine. But as far as the game is concerned... It was all sealed off, like all of it. Yeah. When we there's came a, home, a... we basically yeah. said bye, and that was it.
1: There's a little thing that, that they talk about in other games called luda narrative dissonance, where the the gameplay aspect of the game and the storytelling aspect of the game are in direct opposition to each other. And I think Warlords is actually pretty strong in that front. Uh, it's it's really not synced up there, where they don't they they have stuff they wanted to do with the narrative that doesn't mesh with us as players going back whenever we feel like it, but they want to let us go back whenever they feel like it. So they just ignore it, if that makes sense. And I think that that's really the case there. Um, Cause obviously we can go back to alternate Draenor, but when we do, we go back to the alternate Draenor that's 35 years in the past. We don't go back to alternate Draenor now until this, this uh, scenario is the first time we went to, we, it's the first time we've ever been to that Draenor, in our time. Like they're, they're synced it's up with it. It's basically
0: alternate Draenor. But it's present day alternate Draenor. Which all of this gives me a headache. And makes me wish this expansion had never happened. But, but regardless. Yeah. We're going to present day alternate Draenor. And it's present day in terms of. This is where they've gotten to. After we left. After we defeated Archimonde. We left. And then years and years and years passed. And then when we step back in in the Maghar intro, we're seeing basically what happened after we left. And it's weird.
1: Yeah. I, and I'm also going to say that I still do not trust the Maghar version of events. Just like when you play Horde versus when you play Alliance and Cataclysm and you see two completely different versions of what happens at Camp T that or are hex, not go contradictory. Through the
0: of, go through the Battle of Dazar lore on Alliance and Horde. It's two different stories. But yeah. yeah same thing
1: i don't the maghar have their view of what happened that doesn't mean that that's exactly what happened or there's no you know they're arguing that the the, uh i want to say the late forge but that's not their name the late bound they're arguing the late bound are stifling their planet and you know trying to crush all dissent but that's their perspective um and we haven't gotten to see Urel or her perspective and we might never be able to now because she might be dead for all we know Uh, we don't know what happened we know that supposedly the planet was dying and just like the Maghar, were blaming the the Lightbound. The Lightbound, were blaming the Maghar. They were like, "This is your fault. You did this." It goes back and forth. The two, you know, the little bit we see, the Lightbound seems pretty certain it's the it's the Maghar's fault. Now, are they right? We don't know because we haven't really gotten to see the, the story from their perspective. In a weird sort of way, I almost feel like it's too bad we got Lightforged Drenai because it would have been better to get Lightbound Drenai, if that makes sense. Because we're not going to get another race of light touched draenei as an allied race they're just too similar to light forged we're not going to get them and thus i don't know how we're going to get to see their story if that if that you know i, I don't know how it's we're like gonna a find broken out.
0: remnant that's just remaining broken because when we left when we left when you finish the maghar scenario and you get back to Azroth. The implication there is that they can never go back because there's nothing to go back to. They're stuck here on our Azeroth in our reality, whether they want to be or not. They can't go back. Um, and and the implication is that the world's just done. It's gone. It yeah. Oops, it was oh well. dying and it
1: fell apart. Yeah, which is. I I don't know. Like maybe the alliance could go back to that exact moment. And maybe one them, day but I don't know.
0: we'll go back to Warlords of Draenor. Only it'll be alternate universe Outland.
1: Maybe I don't know, <laughs> but
2: which is a terrifying I, prospect. But it's like ooh, it would be like revisiting Burning Crusade. Only a slightly different version of Burning Crusade. And you know what?
0: I could see them pulling that off if they did it correctly. But I could see them pulling that off. Oh, yeah, but Burning anyways, Crusade like, was so good. Anyway.
1: We don't know, and we won't, we won't know in, for a very long time, if ever, how much truth there was to what the Maghar are saying. Because one of the things that keeps coming back to my mind is the Maghar are the people who were the bad guys in in Warlords. I mean, they're not just that one tribe that allied with the Horde to stop the, you know, the Warlords. They're also everybody who was working with the Warlords but didn't want to go fell. Like, there's a whole lot of people there. You know, Garrosh, you know, Garrosh may not be there, but Grom Hellscream was the leader of the Maghar for 30 years. Grom. Grom is the big bad guy for most of Warlords. You know, it was Grom who decided they should build a dark portal and invade Azeroth. It was Grom who we fight right up until, like, the fell stuff happens.
0: And keep in mind that this particular Grom, he wasn't under the influence of the Burning Legion or anything when he decided all of this.
1: No, he was he was listening to Garage but you know, he was very much being an orc and orcs are militaristic and like to attack people.
0: And they so turned can... like they he he legit like turned away the whole here, Goldon showed up and said, Hi, I have green Kool Aid, please drink it and Grom said no. Um, which is really, really understating the phenomenal cinematic thing for Warlords of Draenor, but regardless, anyway, that's what happened. So then Grom talks to Garrosh and Garrosh says, Hey, you should go invade this world. There was no burning Legion influence in this decision or anything. Oh, he, he was, straight was just straight
1: bad. up. Not good. Yeah. And that's, that's when, when he made the Alliance with Urel at the end of the expansion, it was very much, he made that Alliance because the, uh, the enemy was something he truly hated and feared. He, he hated the Legion and wanted to fight them. But it was never an alliance of him thinking they were his equals or treating them with respect because they didn't look at all the stuff he does. He, if you do shadow moon Valley Alliance side, Grom comes to, to the uh, shadow moon clan and says, provide me a powerful weapon to use against them or I'll kill your people Two yeah. other orcs. Yeah. You know, the only reason Nerzul goes bad is he's terrified. He's like, I got to save my people. I have to use this, this shadow power. Even if it is dangerous, even if it's forbidden by my clan's customs, I have to do it because the other option is extermination for my people. Um, that's Grom. Grom pushes that. Grom shows up and puts that. I tells him, "Give me something, or I'm going to kill you all." So the Maghar aren't sweetness and light. Just because they're telling you how bad the the lightbound are, I'm not. I'm not taking Grom Hellstream's word for anything.
0: And you that don't guy, really hear a lot. I mean, obviously, the lightbound are out there, and they're yelling things, and those things sound very strange in the context of the Maghar.
1: If they only sound strange in the context of the Maghar, because the Maghar give you their context first, and yeah. You don't get any lightbound. They say stuff like, you know, you're you 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 must join us. It's not too late, and it's like you know, if you've already been told, they, these guys late are crushing dissent. What
0: exactly? And. Yeah that's never explained that other side is never explained. And I don't think we're ever going to see that side explained, unfortunately, but yeah, I I do. I do wish that we'd gotten the light bound ran. I, instead of the light forge. I mean, I understand why the light forge, because obviously we worked with them throughout Legion and it made sense. It made sense for us to, you know, bring those guys in. But at the same time, it felt like a missed opportunity when it came to the whole Maghar scenario. Um, And I don't, I, I wish we could see more of what happened there. And I don't know yeah. if we're ever going to see more of what happened there from, like...
1: As for Thrall's sister, though, she's not technically Thrall's sister. She's technically what you get if Durotan and Draka have a daughter instead of a son. And they raise that daughter <laughs> on alt, Draenor alt, instead of going... Alt-Thrall. She, she's she just alt all, <laughs> She is essentially Thrall. Like, she's she's... In that role, it's like she fills that universe's version of him. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. Technically, they have the same parents, but at the same time, they don't have the same parents because they have a different Duratan and Draka as parents. If It's that's... like
0: if Vex and Vax were from two separate universes for Critical Role fans, and if you don't yeah, watch critical, critical Role, role you totally didn't get that. But regardless, yeah, it's, they're, if you've read it's any two comic different books versions where, of the like, same person.
1: Yeah, if you've read comic books where Superman goes to a world where he's a woman, where it's superwoman instead that's the thing it's it's that kind of thing you know you, you anybody can be born different and it's just one of many differences that could happen that's what happened here born as born as a daughter and raised there instead of on azeroth so she's in a way she's very interesting because she's kind of like Garrosh. she's she's lived her entire life among orcs in like a maghar tradition where it's all the different orc clans jammed together So she doesn't have a specific orc clan. She's kind of got every orc clan, like the Karash did, because he was also raised by the Maghar, just a different Maghar. So it is interesting, but it's not Thrall's sister. It's basically alternative Thrall.
2: (laughs) We'll just call her sister because that's a little less weird. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, uh, we've got another email here, and this is from
0: Baragorn from Cadgar, who says, Hey folks, back during the vanilla days, we used to wonder what the armor of the common grunts and soldiers were made of. Warcraft 3 seemed to indicate steel, iron, thorium. WoW even alluded to it with the old thorium armor stormwind set. In Battle for Azeroth, though, I noticed that we seem to be mining Monolite, Storm Silver, etc. to make armor and weapons. Metals that I've only ever seen on Kul Tiras and Zandalar. And this is, of course, in the Stromguard scenario. Like, in the Stromguard scenario, that's what you're picking up and you're, like, using when you're doing armor upgrades and things like that. Um, anyway... They said, so my question is, what and how are the armor and weapons made of? Does everyone have some black market where they get medals
2: from each expansion and automatically updated? Do Anduin and Sylvanas have their own upgrades menu where they submit 300 war resources for current expansion materials? Thanks. Keep up the good work and hope everyone's doing all right. Baragorn. Remember um, I brought
1: up Ludo narrative dissonance before? Yeah. That's what this is. This is a situation where every expansion has new materials because they're starting over the crafting game. And because of that, I mean, obviously we're not still going back to get Saranite to all these
2: expansions later, which is probably Um, a good idea in hindsight.
1: But I mean, like, look at when when you went to like Pandaria, there was a different material ghost iron. When you went to like warlords, there's, you know, warlords was weird because it was a different material, but at the same time, it was like, you know, Black Rock, and it was, I think it was called Iron, but it was, there was like, I don't want to say dark iron, but there was like, definitely, it felt weird to go to alternate Draenor years in the past and be getting all this new material to craft with instead of just, you know, plain old iron. But at the same time, if it was just plain old iron, fell
0: iron? These... No, it wasn't fell iron. That was, no, that was, it was Burning something Crusade. else. It was but not, yeah. fell slate, fell slate. Fel
1: slate. That's actually Legion, I think.
0: Wasn't fell slate Legion? Was that Legion or was that Warlords?
1: that's the thing every expansion does this every
0: expansion has its own set of resources and the way that i look at it and i don't look at it with the whole dissonance thing going on the way that i look at it is this as we progress through these expansions and things our armies and our soldiers and everybody else are going along on the ride with us and when we discover new resources they discover how to you know, incorporate those resources. Maybe those resources are better than what we already have. In that case, yeah, we would want to go ahead and utilize them wherever possible. It's still a little weird that we are. Oh, true iron was warlords. Thank you. Anyway, yeah. it's still a little weird that we are mining this stuff apparently in Stromgarde because it shouldn't technically, thematically exist in Stromgarde because that's Arathi. Talk the warfront. Yeah,
1: the warfront. No, they use straight up iron. Is it it's just straight just up iron. iron? It's iron and wood. That's it. Well, no here's, the, specific... here's the
0: thing. I'm not talking about what you mine from there. I'm talking about like the upgrades that you get when you go submit oh, yeah. the stuff and they give you armor upgrades. It goes through the list of armors. And when it goes through the list, it goes through like the current armor that you can get.
1: Yeah, that's again. I mean, it could be that. It's a that, weirdness or it thing,
0: but I'm like, well, could maybe. It could just
1: be narrative dissonance. Who knows?
0: You know, maybe they bring in the monolite. Maybe they export that in and they're taking the iron and incorporating it with that to make new armor or whatever. But the thing is, what it all boils down to is when you find a new resource and that resource works really well, yeah, you want to go ahead and utilize it wherever possible, particularly if you're fighting an enemy that has access to those same resources. Because the Xandalar have ex- access to the exact same materials that the Kul do. And if we're fighting the Zandalar and they've got better armor, okay, cool. We want to take those resources and make sure that our armor is just as good
2: as theirs is. Um, I mean,
1: I guess in this expansion, you could also argue that the Azerite is creating a situation where the new stuff is better because it's more exposed to Azerite. I don't know.
2: Yeah.
0: But it's definitely,
1: for me, it's one of those things where I just accept it as this is the cost of having a crafting system. You're going to have new materials. Because otherwise... It would always be beneficial to go back and get old stuff if they didn't bring in new materials for every expansion. If this expansion used the same materials as Legion, then you'd go to Legion zones to farm them. And they don't want you to have to do that. They want you to to be able to do endgame on the new zones.
0: I guess I just kind of keep it in the same framework that I keep it like out here in the real, real world technology. Technology is always progressing. Technology is always getting better. When I go look for a cell phone, I don't go out there and look for like you know, a sidekick, because that was however many years ago. I
2: refuse to give up
1: my Nokia. I don't care.
2: <laughs> I don't go looking for a Nokia flip phone because that that was you know however many years ago. That was and there's, there's better out there, right? 2002, and they've never gotten better since. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss a flip phone. I do. I I miss you know you end the call and it's like snap and it was there was something really satisfying about that but my current phone has the internet on it so I mean <laughs>
0: that works out really well but in my mind it's kind of the same thing it's you know as you discover new technology why would you go back to the old stuff there's no reason for it and as we move around and we explore and we find new things that's essentially it's kind of along the same lines of discovering new technology it's discovering new resources that we can go ahead and implement with the stuff that we have present day to make something better so it to me it kind of I can kind of wave that away. In, there's a corner in my brain where I'm like, yeah, okay, I can wave that away. It's not too important. It's not too, like, out of weirdness or anything like that. It's just a thing that happens. I don't know. But that's just me. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and get to another email here. This one is from just Demon. Um, I don't know who Demon is. They don't say where they're from, but it's from Demon, who says, hi there. Oh, it says right here, Demon, Cra- Demon Crassy. It's like democracy with an N. They have emailed us before, and yeah, I'm sorry, your name is the hardest name. Okay, and they said, human arcane mage from Emerald Dream here. So, okay, they did actually say who they were. They said, what could be done to make guilds good again, or are they already good enough? I strongly believe guild functionality needs an overhaul soon. We're long overdue for guild halls or something along those lines. Even bringing back a revamped leveling system for guilds, something to give guilds a bit more of a kick. Um, are you in a guild currently, Rossi? Yep.
1: I like my guild. They're nice people.
0: The functionality as far as like the guild interface and all that other stuff. Do you they think it's did like... something to
1: it in, in this expansion. They changed the guild window and I don't like the new window.
0: It's all like uh, communities and stuff now.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'll admit that that's not tremendously fun to me. But in terms of just guilds doing what guilds have always done, they, it seems like guilds do what, what I want them to do just fine. They give me people to play with and do stuff with, and that's all I really want from them. Um, this is not me saying I don't want guild halls. I've always wanted guild halls. I think guild halls are great. I'm still, once again, going to bring up my idea that you should be able to make your guild hall be any raid you've completed. When you've killed the final boss of a raid, you should be able to then set up a guild hall that looks like the inside of that raid. Um, I've thought this way forever. Um, I, th- I definitely think, you'd like, for instance, it would be great if you went to Blackwing Lair, killed Nefarian, and now Blackwing Lair is your guild hall. I think that would be awesome. But regardless, I don't really feel like guilds are bad. I don't feel like they need a whole heck of a lot to, to make guilds better. In terms of the interface, though, yeah, that interface needs to be fixed. I don't like it. Not fond of the guild interface.
0: Here's my thing, and maybe I'm, you know, one of a select group that feels this way or whatever. I really liked the guild leveling system when it came out. Um,
1: The Cataclysm one?
0: Yeah, going out and doing the guild leveling and getting the achievements and all of that other stuff. That was a really fun part of that expansion for me. And it was a really fun part of that expansion for my guild. Like, we would have guild nights where we would go work on guild achievements or we would go work on grinding out guild levels or doing something, you know. It's like People were actively leveling alts so that we could get achievements and that kind of thing. And it just, it really brought everybody together. We thought it was really cool and really fun. And then they kind of gutted that system and threw it by the wayside. I mean, there are still guild achievements to be had out there and everything, but they never really did anything with it. It's like they just sort of deserted it. And the guild perks and that kind of thing, that all went away.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get why they thought some of them were too good. Like, they, the Mass Res one, I understood why they didn't want to have it. Be okay, but Mass anymore. Res was
0: so good. <laughs> oh, yeah, but <laughs> that's why you can, yeah. you can
1: argue it's too good. Yeah. But I do feel like, like, I remember people, there was a cool thing where if you had an all-guild dungeon run, you'd get a little gold for the guild. Um, yeah. That was cool. All guild raids, same thing. Um, there was just, there was neat little things that weren't huge and game breaking, that they they had done that. Were when people were
0: questing and stuff, like a little bit of it would go towards the guild and all that other stuff. I mean, it was like it made being in a guild feel more meaningful. I don't know. It just made like the group of pals that I had acquired in Wrath of the Lich King and had raided with throughout Wrath. It kind of made us feel a little bit closer in that aspect. And yeah, I don't know. I miss that. I just I miss that. You know, it's not around anymore. They took it out and then they didn't put anything in there to replace it really. And yeah, we got the community thing, community thing and all that other stuff. And that's fine, I guess. But I don't know. And guild halls. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on the guild hall thing. I don't know how I feel about making a guild hall, an, a raid that you've completed. Although part of me is like, yeah, that would be really cool. Because then you could make like Carazon your guild hall. <laughs> That'd be pretty rad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, even if you didn't do that, even if you just had like the guild hall be a building mm-hmm. uh somewhere in like your capital city, at least it would be a cool place that everybody could go. Um and if you make you have to make an instance otherwise it would just be a place everybody went and then it's not cool anymore. But if it's like if you don't if you see just people from your guild going in and out of it doing stuff there, I think there's there's room for that. I think it'd be cool. Uh that's just me though. I don't I don't know. There's probably lots of reasons why they don't do it but it's one of those ideas i've i really liked since i first saw it brought up
0: do you think there's anything else that could be added to guilds currently that would make them interesting again because it just it feels a little lackluster right now it's felt a little lackluster since they gutted the whole guild perk system thing to me i wish they would put those back maybe not as powerful as the as the initial iterations were but i wish that they'd put something back in some to some degree with that system. I
1: would re-examine them. Like, go ahead and re-examine them. See which ones are like, you know, I, like I said, do a complete guild run and get a little gold. That wasn't overpowered. Uh, Maybe put in a thing where if you do a run with an entire guild group, uh, you get another shot at like gear at the very end, kind of like the mythic chest. It could be like a guild chest that gives you like you know something that would drop in the dungeon anyway. Everybody maybe gets a little extra something. That would be nice. It I mean, I kind of
0: understand. Raiding. Yeah, I kind of understand why they don't want to do anything too over the top with this because the thing is, is they did implement cross realm raiding and they Im- implemented you know different kinds of. Ra- they want people to be able to raid with each other and do instances with each other and everything without having to be guild or feeling like they have to be gilded together. And I get that. Like I get that. Um, particularly, you know, if you've got friends that are on two completely different servers but they wanna, you know, go ahead and knock out a few raids or knock out some Mythic Plus dungeons or whatever, um, and they don't necessarily want to be in the same guild. If you make it so that the guild gets the perks that give them the advantage in these cases, they will no longer look at people from off server as an option. So yeah. doing one but- kind of cancels the other out.
1: Well, then again, though, guild, the way guild runs worked, you could have, like, if you were doing 10 man, you could have eight people and it would be fine. Even if you had two people who weren't in your guild, as long as eight were, then you got the, you got the majority rules
0: kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So maybe if you did a thing where, you know, it's like 80% of your raid is, is in your guild to get, it counts as a guild thing. But one thing that just came to mind to me that they could do, but might, this might be way too good. But imagine if guilds didn't have to care about Horde and Alliance. I know, right? Like, if your guild could recruit you, just, you know, we need a warrior, okay, got a work warrior coming in, and he could be in your guild, and he could go to, it would have to be guild runs, he couldn't go to a non-guild run, just, but he could go to guild runs with you. That would be amazing, and maybe it's too good. Like, even as I suggest, I think it might be too good.
0: Yeah. It's still one of those things where it's like, I feel like guilds have kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit maybe not as much as some other game features like I don't know the barbershop hi guys that needs a really big update at some point give us some new things for it thanks but it feels like guilds have kind of it's like they they've fallen out of favor not necessarily out of favor but they don't get the little perks and things anymore and they don't get the little cool things anymore and I kind of wish that they did I just, I kind of wish that they did. I, like I said, when we did stuff in Cataclysm that was guild focused on, you know, leveling the guild and all this other stuff, it was some of the most fun that I had had with my guild. I mean, yes, we did raids all the time and the raiding was fun and everything, but this was like outside of raiding, just goofy stuff that we were doing to try and get all the perks and get everything else. It was cool. I don't know. It's just me. Anyway, um, I think we've got time for one more question, Maybe. Sure. Okay. Uh, this one is from Archmage RC via Discord, because we do have a Discord channel for our patrons where they can ask podcast and Q questions. Um, I think this one was for the cube, but I grabbed it for here anyway, because I thought it was interesting and we should talk about it. Uh, they said, I'm not a complete fan of the Zadormi option for turning back time just because it could be a hassle to use her if what you need is on the other side of a large zone. I'm looking at you, Silithus. Yeah, I totally get that. That said, would you like a Zadormi-style rewind for instances and in dungeons? sunken temple comes to mind i sometimes miss being able to go back to into the original and yeah i could play classic to see it again eventually but at level 120 i'd love to be able to just go back and wander the place without the drama of a pug group what do you think about that idea because i think that's a really fun idea personally i actually
1: want them to go further oh really here's the thing i have in my head they've just spent a couple years importing all of classic wow into the current game engine which means we could have a Caverns of Time figure who
0: could put you back to classic Azeroth. Ooh, like expand the uh, Caverns of Time so that it has like a little corridor yeah. with all of the vanilla dungeons in it?
1: No, I mean the entire freaking expand the entire thing, all of it. Every uh, yeah. single expansion, all the world, everything. You could just literally go to the Caverns of Time, talk to a dragon, go through the Doctor Who tunnel, get a woo do do doo doo And when you step out, you're now in original... Tanaris, and you could then go anywhere. Wouldn't that and negate you, the presence
0: of classic, though?
1: Wouldn't because you wouldn't be playing the classic systems. Mm, okay. You wouldn't be a level, you know, sixty horde shaman because but there's no. But you could
2: go get all the old vanilla armor you were missing. Ooh, wait! Suddenly, could- I'm on board with this idea. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get <laughs> achievements. No. Because
1: achievements are, you know, they're not there. There's, you know, but the world itself would be visible and playable, but it would be playable in the new system, you know, because they've done that. They've done the work of making that stuff all work in the new engine. So it would be much easier. You could just have it all. I'm not saying this will ever happen. I can see a million reasons why they wouldn't do this, but they're already making it so that Classic is available to everybody who plays WoW. Whether or not you play Classic.
0: Liquid R in the chat channel says, would this have flight? No, it would not. If you were using the vanilla maps and models and landscapes, you cannot have flight because the landscape, the way that it's designed, it's broken. It would look terrible. (laughs) It would look really weird. Absolutely (laughs) terrible.
1: The whole reason they did the Cataclysm update, the original reason they did it was so it wouldn't look terrible to fly over.
0: So you could fly over it without like seeing yeah. all the little visual trick trickery that they did to make it look three-dimensional when it wasn't anyway. Yeah. You'd, go ahead, you'd sorry. have to go
1: ahead. you would basically, basically have to go in and you'd, you'd click on that NBC and you'd be shifted back and it would still be the old world. So stuff like, you know, you'd go to uh Theramore and it would be there, you know, all that stuff would be the way it originally was. There would be no updates to it. Everything would be the levels. It was, there's no scaling. It's purely so your level like 120 or whatever character can see all that stuff again. And it's since they made the way they're doing classic is the second it comes out. If you have regular, wow, you have classic, you don't have to pay anything extra. So it's not going to affect the people who want to play classic because they can just go play classic.
0: I think it would be kind of fun if, and this is, this is an if to me, um, everything was already open because the, one of the appeal thing about classic is that patches are going to roll out over over the course of time so people will be able to play through the patches as they cycled through in vanilla i think that if they were going to do a caverns of time option with this it's just boom you're in a world and it's the patch before burning crusade came out everything's already unlocked there are no special world events that you're not going to get any like the limited time gear that you get from the launch of whatever expansion or from yeah, the no, launch of Scarab, whatever dungeon—you're
1: not going to get Scarab Lord. You're not. You gonna will get not any get Scarab Kingdom. Lord.
0: You will not get any of that. It's already been done. It's already taken place. But hey, if you wanted to roll into Naxxramas at level 120 and go farm some Transmog gear, go for it. I'd be down with that. I'd be so down with that. That would make me really excited. <laughs> That's like I, I think
1: that that something like that would be a lot better than just having the individual dungeons and individual zones. I'm just saying, do it all. Just you're gonna ha- you, they're gonna have the files set up to do this anyway. They're gonna have all those zones adapted to the new engine. So just make it all there. And you know, if you really want, if you're really worried about people getting gameplay out of it, remove the gameplay. Like just you could. You know what? One game has both uh, Assassin's Creed Origins and New Odyssey are gonna have a history tour mode where you just go and see the world and you don't have to fight anything you just it, there's nothing hostile and you can just go look at it if you really wanted to just do that even it would still be cool it wouldn't be as cool and i wouldn't I'm just, be as happy with it
0: i'm just saying that i think this would be a perfect opportunity to allow people to farm for that gear that maybe they didn't get in vanilla or if they weren't playing in vanilla transmog farmers would go nuts for this idea and if they want more people to play or whatever, this is one way
2: to get people to
0: do it. It's like, yeah, you could go farm those old raids to your heart's content now. They're no longer gone. I would be in ZG, original ZG, like every week trying to get that stupid tiger again.
1: Yeah, and that's the kind of thing. Stuff like that, doesn't, there's no benefit to it not being in the game anymore. There's no, like it doesn't add anything to anyone to not have it be in the game. That's my take on it. There's no value added. Some stuff gets removed because it's a limited time. You you know, you're supposed to be able to get it within this time and this power level. That's not the case with ZG. ZG just, was just removed in Kata for no reason, except that they wanted to update it. It's not like, well, if you couldn't get it by now, because we were blowing ZG up. You know what I mean? Before they made it a Cataclysm dungeon, we were destroying ZG all the time as it was. It yep. was purely just luck.
0: I was soloing it, trying to get that tiger right up until the bitter end. And yeah, I didn't so get it's
1: it. not... It wasn't that it's removal didn't like prevent you from displaying skill. It's not the uh, mage tower and Legion. It's purely just something that was once achievable and now isn't. It's oops. So, yeah, the dice it didn't
0: work in my favor ever.
1: I remember before, <laughs> before wrath came out, we were running, um we were running uh Nexramas with full 40 person groups of level seventies. We were blowing that place up. I mean, it was actually still challenging because the way Nexramas was set up, but, there was nothing, nothing that was removed in next Ramus really, you know, wasn't a skill thing that its removal wasn't, well, you had a time and then it wasn't Go, you know what I mean? It was very much just, we wanted to redo this. So now it's gone. Yeah. So yeah, I honestly don't see any problem with it. And I think it would be a good use of their time since they've already done the work. It would be a lot simpler, quite frankly.
0: So Blizzard, while you're putting together the next expansion, if you want to add like a bonus feature, you know, just a bonus feature to it that doesn't require a lot of work or maintenance or whatever. Maybe just percolate on that idea as like an additional thing you could throw in there because there's a big group of people, myself included, that would really love it. Just saying, thanks. Okay, yeah, I don't think it would take away from classic. I really don't because I think that people that are playing classic are playing classic because they want to play with the original systems and they want to play with the original patch releases and they want to play, like, they want a really authentic experience. This isn't, what we're talking about isn't that. It's basically, give us a Caverns of Time that's the old world, so if we want to go farm those old dungeons or whatever, we could go do that. That's it. I like that idea. I really like that idea, the more I think about it. I don't think that that would draw away from... Classic, Because the people that want to play Classic, they're still going to play Classic.
1: And it's not like it's going to cut away from people who are paying to play Classic because nobody is. You're no. paying to play this game and you yeah. just get Classic as a bonus. Yeah. So why not?
0: Okay. I think that's going to wrap us up because we are actually a little bit over time. But it's okay because that was a really fascinating proposition there. Thanks, RC, for that one. Uh, again, if you guys have an email for the show, you can send that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Just put Blizzard Watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for this show, and we'll get around to it. We have some this week that we're just going to go ahead and carry over to next week, but yeah. We take... Questions on any of Blizzard's games Speaking of Blizzard Watch Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous Contributions at patreon.com blizzardwatch and your continued support Means that this podcast site and community Is able to thrive and grow Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits Like early access to the podcast A better chance at having your question answered On our podcast or the queue And an ads free site experience um, Rossi, thank you once again For showing up as you always do
2: You're welcome I mean, thanks for existing. Thanks (laughs) Thanks for existing (laughs) and talking. (laughs) And thanks you guys for tuning in. We will see you again next week.